Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. Anyone in the mood for a national treasure? You know how sometimes they'll call someone a national treasure? Well, my next guest, I think, really is a national treasure. James Vincent Hall, born January 2nd, 1968 in Harris County, Texas, United States, is an American rock singer and guitarist best known for his gothic style lyrics, distinctive voice, avant-garde performances, and eclectic compositions. From Marry My Hope to The Pleasure Club to recording under his own name to his new bands, The Ladies Of and The Steady Wicked, James is a national treasure, but hey, I already said that. Marilyn Manson has called James his biggest inspiration. I think you'll see why if you don't already know why he performed with James. Uh, James's song, You Want Love, that was a song recorded originally by his band, The Pleasure Club. I think there's an Afghan Wigs version of that song with you and Greg Dooley, the amazing Greg Dooley. Uh, but anyway, welcome to the show, James Hall. Thank you for coming on. I mean every word of that. I think you are a national treasure, and I'm proud to call you my friend. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. Uh, Joe, I, I think it should be said that um, both of us had records out and uh we were both familiar with each other's work but had no idea who we were talking to <laughs> i know that's you not knew. true dude okay. i knew bro i knew who i was talking to so yeah james is talking about the first time we ever met which was in new orleans new orleans yes. james yes. was there uh and it was at the bar. what was it matador and uh and i knew who james was james was a legend already at that time i mean i uh moved to atlanta from akron ohio and james hall had his band mary my hope and then james got signed to geffen records for a million dollars or something like that and everybody knew who james was he was this bowie-esque figure who played trumpet live and was just stunning uh you know everybody thought he was the most talented dude around and so when i met james in new orleans I was a little bit starstruck, even though we were just cool dudes hanging out in a bar. And we had this long conversation, I think, by a pinball machine. And then uh, I I ended up. Yeah, I ended up leaving and then I came back. And when I came back, someone told you who I was and you're like, oh, my God, I love your music. So I was blown away. I I became uh, familiar with your Redemption Sun record and. and I think that it was the closest thing to a Aural Jackson Pollock painting. Like if Jackson Pollock was like a recording artist alongside you and me, like that's what I would, your record is what I would imagine it to be like. Um, just wow. stuff hitting, uh, hitting the landscape in stark colors and, um, uh, and almost like, uh, and this is not something that uh, you've admitted to doing, but um, almost like you 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 took a guitar break and you turned off the monitors, so you didn't even hear any of the backing tracks. So you were just playing to play to add to the song, but it was it was independent uh, uh, in its approach. It's so funny, man, because I remember you saying this to me then, and I think about it pretty frequently still and i always think i wonder what he meant by that you know (laughs) like it's like and it sounds like a great compliment but it's just like you know and i and there's a lot of layers on that record so i understand the jackson pollock comparison too but it's it's funny that you have the same you're saying exactly what you said that was many years ago what a scene that was new orleans with mike napolitano Greg Dooley was out there, G Wiz, all these great yeah. musicians and just cool yeah. people hanging, making music together. Did we know how lucky we were then? Uh, I, I cannot imagine that any of us did, uh, because uh, I think when when you're young, uh, so, I'll put it this way. When I speak for myself, when I am young, when I was young, I had trouble being present. 
So it was very, very difficult for me to, uh, to just be in the moment and to enjoy exactly what is happening at that moment because there was always somewhere new to get to, some better party, so, so something different than mm-hmm. what was actually happening in that moment. And right. uh, so it took, a, it took a number of years before I was able to really realize how very lucky I am. That's well said, man. I mean, it, it's true. I'm going to be more successful next year. So this whole year is just me hanging out, waiting for that to happen. I mean, I spent years like that. It's it's unbelievable. Well, they say youth uh, is wasted on the young, and I think that's true. Now, what about these days? How I mean, because staying present is everything, in my opinion. It, it's, it is the work. It is winning the spiritual battle. If you are present in your here and now, and you're not obsessed with thoughts thinking about the past or the future you're in some way you're doing something right you're winning i mean how do you do that and are you good at it are you enlightened uh i am uh put it this way i am in continual improvement and so if i'm if i'm to uh return to the moment on a day-by-day basis and be able to pull myself back in uh I've been pretty disciplined with journaling uh, the last 16 years, 17 years or so. Uh, but um, with meditating, that's been a whole different thing. Um, however, uh, I was able to uh, get inspired last week and really sit down and do it. And, and the moment that I get into the future, the moment that I you know, feel I'm being pulled somewhere else to just return myself back to a simple thought or perhaps even concentration on the breath. And in, in those moments are really, really satisfying. And they actually really, they, they tend to ripple out and, and set the tone for the remainder of the day, whether it's getting in line or being in traffic or uh, giving a tutorial or <laughs> whatever it is, uh, there seems to be, uh, my experience is that I have greater access to love um, when, I'm, when I'm willing to care for myself or perhaps even love myself well enough to meditate. Dude, that's a lyric. I have greater access to love when I'm willing to allow myself. You could, that's a lyric. I, I have greater access to love when I'm willing to allow myself to love. That's a good line. Um, You know what, man? It's because it is, it's about, it's about overcoming thoughts because our thoughts are what take us out of the moment. They bring us into the past and the future. And so when we observe our thoughts through metacognition and we get into that observer space, to me, that is where God is in, in presence like that, you know? So I, I don't really miss a day meditating anymore. I used to. I'm not journaling like you. I, I do want to incorporate journaling more. But meditation or sort of just staying in silence, I start every day like that. And I've been pretty consistent with it. And and it's uh, it's made a huge difference. And then also focusing on forgiveness is a big one. Um, you know, and those two things, presence and forgiveness equal peace. But what do you think to being a musician and a a sort of spiritual warrior that you are how do those two areas coalesce for you what where where does music stop and meditation begin or where does meditation stop and start in music or are they blended together they are uh, i'm i'm happy to say that they are blended together and uh, it was about uh, six years ago, well, a little, a little over five years ago, that a friend of mine approached me in a yoga studio and said, hey, I'm going to be opening up a studio about five miles west of here. Um, and I want to have live music incorporated as part of the practice, as part of the curriculum. And so she brought me in and, and she just trusted her gut instinct that I was going to be right for it and uh, and has brought me into the studio to be playing on a consistent basis and um, what I found is that especially in yin practice uh, which is two to five minute poses 
um, longer, more breath work, and it's really more about uh, focusing on elongating the connective tissue and and the cartilage and the uh, what do you call it? The fascia. Um, the fascia. That's the new hot fascia. word in yoga. Fascia. Everyone's talking about fascia. Fascia. Uh, trying to make it a David <laughs> Bowie. Fashion. <laughs> fascia. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 some of the songs and it and it's it's an odd thing that even some of the more rockin' songs when they're when they're just dropped down to voice and guitar they work really really well they've got a they've got, i don't know I, I think that some of your louder more uh more angular songs joe perhaps even in that setting you might be surprised at how well they work when it's just the voice the lyric and the guitar well, dude, I've been going to Bikram every day. And also there's yin practice there for, you know, for those that don't know, like James said, it's the it, yin is very slow. Those are my two favorite forms of yoga. And as a Christian, people sometimes criticize you for going to yoga. They think it's sort of, uh, you know, a demonic seance. I don't believe that. I think it's uh, another vehicle to tap into the spirit and to tap into God and whatever that God is for you. That's who's showing up. Uh, for me anyway but yin is is amazing because it, it it gets painful it's like you hold these postures and it gets a little painful and I love Bikram but the other day my uh yoga teacher out here in Arizona said hey I want to play your music uh during the class and I thought she was gonna play one song she ended up playing a Spotify playlist of mine for like 75 minutes of the class and it worked pretty good I was actually kind of pleased with it good. I am not yeah. shocked at all. I think it, you think your music has been spiritual from the jump. And, mm. um, and well, put it this way, I think my son picked up on it too as well. Even though when he first heard your stuff, he was like eight years old, nine years old, and seven years old even. Um, but he was certainly very inquisitive about your songs. It's like, what does that mean, Dad? I was like, well... You know, this, this is a guy who's who's asking a lot of really good questions. Yeah. He's like, can you ask a question in lyrics? It's like, yeah. Well, and <laughs> James's son is Liam Hall, who goes under the name Grandma. And uh, is uh, I've worked with him a lot as well. Uh, I met him as a, when he was a little kid when I came to visit James um and was playing in new orleans but we ended up writing songs together he is an amazing artist himself go check out um atl grandma or just grandma he put out a record recently and it's incredible um so you must be really pleased and proud about that i would imagine i i really am and uh i i love uh the son he, that he is the experience of fatherhood that he gave um and also the friends that he has the friends that he's made and the and and the friends that i have as a result of him being just who he is <laughs> so um the, i call them sometimes uh, i would refer to them as um door prize friendships um because parenthood exposes you to other parents um, and oftentimes they're a direct result of your child's friend making abilities. And, and then you're kind of like, wow, I don't think I'd ever really, you know, uh, be friends with like the police chief any other way. But when your kids, your kids are going to select their own friends mm. without your permission. Well, you know, what's funny too, man, when you think of Liam, I mean, because he got a big record deal, I think it was Atlantic, but you know, he was, you know, going through the whole thing out in LA. I, I went into some fancy studios with him. He was like the, they were rolling out the carpet for him and it was almost like history repeating itself because you experienced something totally similar when Geffen records signed you out of obscurity or it's not really obscurity because you were blowing up in Atlanta anyway but you know what I mean you that must have been a trip to watch your son go down a such a similar path it is and um uh and yet at the same time I'm also cognizant of how much the business of music changes 
and how much he's learned in his own way. And so as a parent, you know, our desire is for things to be easier for them, you know, for our kids perhaps, but there's just nothing I could offer or say of any use whatsoever. And so um, I think that the value is, uh, is to learn to adjust to the relationship as it, ex as it is, is evolving and to, and to play music together and to enjoy that time together and, um, uh, and get out of the um, advisor role get out of the, well, when I was your age, that kind of thing. Cause it's, <laughs> it, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's so unrelatable. I think that we would be the word. So it's, it's in, in a manner of speaking, it's just not helpful. And so to really kind of, uh, remember to share about what's really real, which is the enjoyment of music and playing songs together. You know, who's remember, younger, who's younger, you or Liam? That's a good question because last, uh, you know, one of the last times he was playing foreigner songs on acoustic in the kitchen and I was kind of having to catch up to him. So it's, uh, I think that the cool thing about him and about his generation is that artists in that age group are really kind of open-minded, perhaps more open-minded than I might've been at his age. And so I feel he'll that. take... Oh, I mean, he'll take uh, a 90s house artist and rate it as something really, really cool. Uh, enigmatic, for instance, or something like that. He'll take um, a foreigner. Uh, he'll take whatever guilty pleasure that maybe I had and turn it over on its head and kind of go like, no, this is actually all right. You, just, you shouldn't apologize for this. Yeah, man. No, I, I, you know, I was in the studio with him a lot and I was, I was learning from him, I would say probably more than the other way around. Well, I mean, it was, it was definitely give and take, but yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Let me take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. TNT Radio's Rick Munn. I'm looking also at South Africa in terms of uh, ESCOM, which is a company that we have talked about a lot here. That's the South African electricity provider. ESCOM has posted a massive 24 billion rand loss for 2022-2023 financial year, exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding, which is basically blackouts, for want of a better expression, mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity. That's both within the company, I would say, and outside of the company, the group presented its first full year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday. It said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration of performance, including a steep decline in energy availability of 56%, down from 62%. So half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all. And most places are undergoing what's called uh, load shedding, which means for up to 10 hours per day, you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in South Africa. Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm just going to do a little voice I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. 
we know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Well, as I described in the intro, Marilyn Manson has said that James is one of his biggest inspirations, and you can totally hear it. Uh, and it's cool in Maryland to big up James like that. And, and he's done it to the degree where he's invited James on stage with him. And they performed this song we're about to hear called You Want Love Together. You can look that up on YouTube some other time when you're not watching TNT, which you should always be watching. But here and there, you can go ahead and click on another thing. Anyway, James, you're going to play You Want Love for us. Marilyn called this his favorite song of all time. Uh, did that strike you? What did you think of that? Um, I was uh, uh, I was appreciative of it uh, in so much as, as I am um, to, to uncomplicate my feeling about it. There are times when I have the experience that I didn't write the song. The song was just there, and um, and it doesn't diminish at moments the work involved in going through songs and writing a crappy song just to get a crappy song done. But uh, but there are certain songs where um, the truth seems to present itself uh, right before our eyes. And all we must do is be open enough to pursue it. And so, um, that's so well said, man, dude, I love you. I love your mind, James. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I don't want to dote on you. Everybody dotes on James. Anyway, here we go. James Hall going to perform. You want love. Take it away. You want love. You don't know what it means. All you know is that you need someone to hold and to hold you. You want love? Did you feel that love would find you? Come and break those chains that bind your heart and soul and make you whole. You want love? You want love You want love You want love You don't know what it is All you know is that you meet someone And then they take you home You want love, but it's love that you're afraid of. Did you think that you were made of stone and find that you were wrong? You want love. You want love. You want love. Is it destiny? Is it bright love? Or a bullet through your heart? It's a sad disease that divides us and keeps us far apart. You want love? 
Hall, you want love. Wow, we are so blessed here at TNT to have this right now. James. What Joe, thank you for, for sending a film what for a, doing this. What you a jam. Listen. He texted me yesterday. This is for those of you who are familiar with Joe. He texted me yesterday. You do anything tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and here we are. It's great. Now, when you when you think of that song it's like have you dissected it like uh, you know the strength of it because it is so effortless you know even even in performing it really because it's like you want love and then the chord figure but it's like the strength of a simple song and it's in the way you described it arriving some songs just present like a truth uh, initially and I've had this experience as well with some songs where it's like oh this is good without me even trying um have you have you dissected because that that song has very little effort in it in a way it's a very simple idea you want love it's universal the you know but you don't know what it is um you, you know looking for somebody to hold you and somebody to hold um and, and on and on it goes but have you have you intellectualized the strength of a simple song such as that um I'm better off if I don't. <laughs> I think uh, I do enjoy the mystery and I do enjoy um, the simplicity. And I am always really, really striving to to, to distill an idea down to its simplest form. Um, and even if that means just kind of turning uh, the the positive phrase to the negative or the negative phrase back to the positive, whatever that um, uh, process is, but. But it's, um, I mean, just a couple of things that occur to me about it is um, it's a, it's a, just a simple progression. It's repetitive. It's meditative. And then when I think about like, okay, it's not even really like a chorus. You want love? You want love? You want love? No, it's such a, it's no, it, it's such a chorus. Dude, it's got a melody you could build an, a, a, a skyscraper on. It is so strong. It's, well, that's what, that's why, that's why I brought that question up because it is so strong and so simple that you could say something like it doesn't even really have a chorus and mean it. But really, when you analyze it, you want love. I mean, it is a simple musical pattern, but it is so strong. It, like, the, you know, that like Marilyn Manson's a very talented guy. He's written a lot of great songs himself. For him to say this is my favorite song of all time, you know, it it, it makes you go, well, why? Why is that his favorite song of all time? And then, you know, when you reveal it, it becomes apparent why to me. Well, I think that the 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 thing that it dawned on me is because a lot of the. Um, that you want love, you want respect, you want money, you want energy, you want like <laughs> all of these things. Right. And. Um, I probably wasn't even at the age where I was really starting to dig at it a bit. But I think that um, when we communicate, like, I want this to the universe, we're operating under the assumption that we don't have it. <laughs> and it, it's uh, maybe the we're misguided. Song. We're misguided. Maybe the better song is, I have love. <laughs> or perhaps maybe you and me write a song called I got love 
Because yeah. if we have love, all the other pseudo important things are kind of like they're, they're, they're spoken for, they're taken care of. Right. Yeah. So to, to say to myself, I need energy or I need, I, you know, I want this to where I would be coming at it from the negative. Yet at the same time, I've also heard people say, I want love. And then, but not even really question what they're asking for. You meet someone hmm. and they take you home. You know, uh, <laughs> um, that's a great length in the pursuit of love. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when you seek love now, do you seek it um, in other people or do you seek it from God or do you seek I, it some other way? Uh, I would have to qualify uh, a, a, a spiritual experience because um, I love human beings. However, human beings are very human and I don't oh, yeah. think that things as precious as love are to be um, uh, put upon or, or projected onto human beings. Wow. That's intense. That's intense what you just said. I mean so yeah so i guess then would that mean god would that mean god then for you i mean then where where are you getting your love uh i am getting my love from the same source of all my blessings okay God yeah okay man that's awesome and then so um, because if you're going to say like okay well you have a windfall of money that you weren't necessarily planning on, you know, say for instance, I don't know what that would, would mean. It could be, you know, a five figure amount, six figure amount, whatever it is. Like, God, let's go with seven is, figures, James. Let's go with seven figures, seven figures, right. That you weren't necessarily yeah. planning on getting, you weren't expecting to get, but you're open to receiving. Okay. And, and then also on the other hand, say for instance, you got a windfall of time. Okay. Maybe you're underemployed or whatever that thing is. But I, I believe that a windfall of time and a windfall of money, even though time isn't money, there's a relationship. And for me to be open enough in order to say that like the source is the same. Mm, yeah. Whether it's interesting. Whether it's a gift of time or whether it's a gift of money, the source is the same. Whether it's a gift of love or a gift of time, the source is the same. Wow. You're deep, James. You really are. I'm not saying that sarcastically. You are, man. You, you, you just, it comes out of you. It comes out of you in your songs. And even when you speak, uh, I look forward to speaking with you more right after these words on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I've been in and around politics for over 50 years, so it takes a lot to surprise me, much less shock me. But I was shocked, shocked, not that so many Argentines voted for Javier Malay, but that the Peronist powers that be allowed him to win the election. And the thing that made me the happiest for my Argentine friends is the video that Malay put out where he went down the row of a magnetic board that had all the Argentine government ministries listed and all the irrelevant ones, pulled them off the magnetic board over his shoulder, they're gone, no more. That's exactly what we need to have happen here in the United States. We need Donald Trump back in January of 2025 to streamline our government. We need to move the Department of the Interior actually out into the interior. We need to move the Department of Agriculture to where we commit agriculture. And most importantly, we need to defund and disband FBI and distribute its law enforcement functions to other agencies that have their own law enforcement capability already stood up. Can't have Donald Trump back fast enough. I'm glad that 
delay is going to make Argentina great again. We need Donald Trump here to make America great again. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Are you ready to help your family get prepared for the unexpected? Here we go! Ladybug and Cat Noir know how important it is to be ready. Because you never know when Hawk Moth is going to strike or a disaster will hit. And you don't need miraculous powers. Just put those planning skills you already have to good use. Make a plan that will help you and your family be ready when emergencies happen. Ready Kids can help. Get started at ready.gov kids. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And we're back with James Hall, who's going to be playing the Viper Room this coming Wednesday night, I believe. He's finishing promoting Coming Out of Our Tenderness. It's an album by his new band, The Ladies Of. He's also uh, beginning work on uh, the forthcoming Steady Wicked record. He's got some good band names, Pleasure Club, Steady Wicked, The Lady Of. What's with all these band names, James? You're only as good as your last band name. (laughs) It's got to be True. like that. Um, yeah. I think that uh, in the in the process of songwriting, and I think that uh, you and I've talked about it, or at least uh, hit it back and forth a bit. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, songwriting is a little like sloganeering. Like if you're like kind of a, a, <laughs> a press writer for a politician or something like that, is having like a good title, a good slogan. I remember pitching to you. You know, we are the woo woo. um, and that is actually made it on uh this ladies of record coming out of our tenderness um all right so and it was kind of funny because you were like well not to get too woo woo about something and i was like what do you mean woo woo (laughs) because to be it's like i don't know what woo woo is but i want to be part of it and (laughs) and and you're like, well, no, you get out your crystals and your candles and all of that stuff. Oh, okay. Kind of more esoteric. Like, esoteric. Yeah. Esoteric. A little baseless. Yeah. So the ladies of you are going to perform at the Viper Room in L.A. Do you like playing in L.A.? Are you glad to be playing live again? Well, I have a, a lot of fond memories of playing the Viper Room. And I know that the Viper Room isn't going to be around forever. Um, I don't know uh, much about the ownership of the Viper Room recently, but I do think that for it being a small room, it feels really, really good. Um, mm. It's uh, it's just a, a respectful production. And um, that was really, I think, the venue that Pleasure Club played at um during our tenure in los angeles so we had residency there and stuff and that was good fond memories of playing that playing the shows there and the ladies of is kind of a a hodgepodge of musical friends that came together to make this band or this album yes we've been actually uh been together for about 10 years um although um some of the members have joined on and signed on more recently but it's a three guitar band bases out of Alabama and um, and it's a highly collaborative effort and we um, uh, and and we don't always know what's going to result of it but it's it's got a bit of um, kind of a sleaze rap rock kind of thing to it and um, and so we're all kind of into that and then you kind of throw a trumpet and rockabilly on it, and it's its own thing. Well, if I was in L.A. on a Wednesday night, I would definitely be going to that show. So are you going to play another song for us? Do you have anything from that album that you're promoting? Um, I do. Uh, in fact, um, uh, it's a song called Vouch For Me, and uh, I'm going to do my best in order to perform it and also not to uh blow anything out uh okay uh, and um uh it is perhaps going to sound radically different than the recording of it the recording of it i don't know reminds me of uh, pigeon heads battle flag and and ted nugent's free for all so um this will not be anything like that um Great. but uh, 
but um, but we're but we're stoked about it. We're stoked about doing it. We're stoked about um, what the song feels like, in in much the same way that when Pleasure Club was unearthing high stepping and things like that, uh, we right. we play it as like God. This feels really really good, and um, and it was noted that the the people whose job it was to you know to sound check to mix front of house would hear that and i don't know whether they were picking up on our spirits about happening on a strong song or a strong rhythm but it, it's it's nice to feel that again and i do i do think i do look for that for something that when we're just playing it for ourselves if we kind of like god that really feels good sounding really really good and uh and for the record um we we discovered oh six months after releasing it that we were playing it in the wrong key and so we tried playing it in the correct key live and realized that it wasn't as good as playing it in the wrong key so i'll proceed to play it in the wrong key Gonna mess around and get myself a wicked endorsement Gonna need an escort from looking law enforcement I don't believe that we are enemies I don't believe that we are enemies Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go, everywhere I go Come on, bash for me, bash for me Bash for me, bash for me They gon' pounce on it, pounce on it I don't believe it's true and neither you Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me And they go pounce on me, pounce on me I don't believe it's true and neither you And I'ma stay in for the runoff election Back on my meds for my own protection Down at the checkpoint they keep calling me Down at the checkpoint they keep calling me Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go I get along with the people Everywhere I go, everywhere I go Come on, pass for me, pass for me Come pass for me, pass for me They come pounce on me, pounce on me I don't believe it's true and neither do you Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me Vouch for me, vouch for me They could pounce on me, pounce on me I don't believe it's true and neither do you First thing in the morning, ATT, RV, and a warning. I don't believe in conspiracy. I don't think we should blame anybody. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, I get along with the people. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go. Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me. Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me. They gon' pounce on me, pounce on me. I don't believe it's true, but neither you. Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me. Come on, vouch for me, vouch for me. They gon' pounce on me, pounce on me. I don't believe it's true, and neither you. I don't believe it's true, and neither you. Great one, man. Vouch for me, vouch for me. Never have I heard vouch sound so cool in a rock and roll song before. <laughs> I don't even think I've ever heard vouch in a rock and roll song. And then everywhere I go, I get along with the people is the new F you. I won't do what you tell me. It, it has a rage <laughs> against the machine quality to it. And the whole everywhere I go, I get along with the people is like the sort of punk rock anthem of our day because we live in a world of cancel culture and it feels like that's what you're addressing in that it's uh it's and it is true <laughs> i make friends with everybody i don't <laughs> put it this way i think that yeah committing oneself to non-judgment is a worthwhile pursuit and, oh. and 
because it's, every, it's everything, James. It's it's everything. Worth suit. Uh, and and respect itself is a language, and even people that aren't used to speaking it can pick up on it. That dude, that is a great line. That's a way <laughs> what do you live. mean by that? Respect is a language, and even people that don't speak it can understand it, or whatever. However, you put even that. people what do you that mean are by... not exposed to it. Well, uh, okay, it's it's kind of like music in a way. You don't even have to know the language the song is being sung in for the feel of the music to carry through mm. for the feel of the music to be heard to be understood and the challenge oh sorry james keep going and 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 so if i am to apply myself to communicating respect and living in it and understanding it you know, we start to lose our ear for disrespect. We do. <laughs> and then and I'll, turn le I'll turn left here too as well. Uh, Joe, you didn't embark on parenthood because you needed respect and dignity. You embarked on the process of parenthood because you had so much respect and dignity, you could stand to lose a little bit over your years. <laughs> man that's a trip dude yeah let's hope so i i mean <laughs> it, it, it's it's yeah dude that idea of vouch for me vouch for me throwing that down like the cat uh the the you know the throwing that gauntlet down is the challenge because we live in this time when literally people had a hard time vouching for other people that were under fire. I, I mean, I don't believe it's true and neither do you. And then pounce on me, pounce. I don't know, but it, it's, uh, and everywhere I go, I get along with the people. It's like, it's, it's the song for our times right now. That song, it's really, really oh, strong. Thank you. Man. Thank you. We're really enjoying, uh, the, the attention that it's getting and that, and that song in particular, um is is it feels good and it's just kind of one of those things the you know the person you know wiping down the bar the bar back kind of like oh, what the fuck is that that's that's kind of cool you know and i guess it is i didn't really even think about it like as a fuck you i won't do what you tell me but in a manner of speaking it has a similar kind of thing it's that um, for now it has but, a know, very similar thing I mean, what, what do you think to, um, you know, you've done a lot of philanthropy work. You delivered millions and millions of books to Africa. I mean, and this is like a huge thing in you. You're concerned with the world. You're a family man. Um, and you're a genius artist. You really are, dude. You're a genius. And and so do you think um, the the world we're living in, commenting on these times, I mean, what do you think you're responsibility is to um to to the world through your muse if at all if any um <laughs> i think responsibility is to finish a crappy song just like any other saturday evening um i i, <laughs> I really think it is so much of the time is like just like just carve out the fucking time to complete a song <laughs> Our life is spent just doing that. Is it a good song? Well, that's I don't know, you know. But but I I think that putting the focus on the process of finishing a song, of working on a song, of collaborating with others on a song to be of use, to be of help, to be of service to it, that's just really what it's about. And and for me to. To kind of rem remember that <sighs> gratitude allows me to live in concert with the universe um, because uh, you know I 
you know, I do work with books and I do work with Africa and, and there is a, you know, independent of Africa, there's about one third of the planet struggling for available rent, reading and print material. Okay. I'm about to be 56 years of, of age. I've never struggled for reading material. But what would my writing look like if I were if I were struggling for reading material? And so I think that as artists, as musicians, we always kind of got to be on input in balance with output. Mm. And, and examining and, re, and, 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 and reviewing and, and relearning. Um, and when you and, say input, do you mean um, taking in other people's artwork? Or are you talking about just yes, the experience yes. of living? So, so you have like uh, something soulful to express through interactions with other people, or you probably mean all of that. I think so. I, I, I really think so. I don't, I, um, my, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sue Johnson and I believe that we are human beings and therefore in, in, inclined and designed to connect with each other. Mm. Really believe that. I believe that we are designed. And I do know that there are, you know, the one in a billion that are, they're so dedicated to their work, to their art, to their muse, that they can't really have relationships with other people. But I know what having relationships has meant for me. Mm. And, and I, and I don't want to lose sight of that. And, and that means both relationships that are activated or not activated. You know, I get to work where I, I get to work. And yeah. I, people walk in the door as volunteers. And I say, like, everybody standing here right now is a relationship with reading. Mm. Everybody standing here has got a relationship with money. Whether it's conscious or unconscious. Activated or inactivated. Yeah, James, tell help. everyone where to find you, man. I hate to cut you off. I, I would love no, to no. talk to you for hours, bro. I mean, it, it could, we could easily do that, but uh, no, and you'll have to come back Hall. on. Tell people where JamesHall.com and where can people donate for Africa books too? Oh, for booksforafrica.org. Books for okay, thank you. There, yeah, getting involved there is great. Dude, I love you. <clears throat> I, I love you very much, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, go see James at the Viper Room this Wednesday night. And uh, James, much love, brother. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. I sure did. The hour flew by, Joe. It really did, man. I, I, I want you to come back on as soon as possible. Anyway, that's it. Uh, keep listening to TNT, jameshall.com uh, for all James Hall stuff.